This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a new way to lead off your Sunday with conversation, unique perspectives, and your thoughts and questions on the Hometown Nine. It's Twins Today. And a swing and a miss and a changeup. That was masterful pitching from Jose Barrios. I know they know I got a great curveball, so they're looking for That's when I was the that breaking point. Twins Today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars. It's hard to believe that was 15 years ago. Right? Time flies, but uh, you know what? I'm in a new role, and I'm enjoying it. Thanks, Derek. Which thought am I? Did I make the top five? Now, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Hello, good morning, and good to be with you. I'm at Target Field right now, and my name is Derek Wetmore, so all of those facts check out. Uh, This is Twins Today, where we're going to have some fun talking about the Minnesota Twins. We're going to try to anyway. We'll endeavor to. Um, That's my goal. We've got a fun show coming up today. Twins Today is driven by the Maurer Auto Group More Than Cars, and I'm excited to welcome a few guests to the show that will be uh, first time for this show. We've got Twins Assistant General Manager Jeremy Zoll coming up later. I'm going to ask him for some scattering reports on a few of these uh, young guns who've just been called up to the Twins and some that we're pretty excited about. Um, Annie Sabo, who is an analyst at Valley Sports North, joins the show a little later on. Also have Betsy Helfand of the Pioneer Press and a blast from the past, former Twins closer Matt Capps, MLB All-Star closer Matt Caps. Uh, he's going to call in via the Zoom. I don't know if he's in the Zoom room or if he's just on his laptop. Anyways, former Twins closer Matt Caps will be calling the show today. And then, of course, we welcome your calls. If you'd like to get in and get your thoughts on the Twins on Twins Today, just give me a call in the second half of the show. We'll probably start taking calls 1130 or so. I'll remind you when it comes up, but you can call us at 651-989-9226. Bookmark that phone number for later, 651-989-9226. We start today with one of my favorite parts of the show, Five Thoughts. It's just a collection of things that have happened to the Twins over the past week, sort of cast it forward for what it means, and uh, this first one's probably going to get me in trouble, so we've just got to get right into it. Number one. Donaldson was going to run at second base. He will not. Travis Blankenhorn is going to run at second base for Donaldson. And the 0-1, a ground ball to the right side, played by Blankenhorn, bobbles it! Bobbles it, a run scores, Kemp to third, it's a one-run game. The Twins had it. Blankenhorn could not field a ground ball to his left. We have to get the guys that give us the best chance to score out there. That's what we did, and we we pinch ran for him and, and took him out of the game. Thought number one is an interesting managerial decision it uh, led to, I'm not going to say it was the direct cause for it, certainly it led to, um, man, one of the more painful Twins losses in recent memory. 
they they dropped a tough one in extra innings to the Athletics, thirteen to twelve. And uh, yeah, I, I I personally I'm just gonna give you what I thought about this as a first guess because it's easy to go back and nitpick managerial decisions. And with the benefit of hindsight and knowing how everything played out, say, well, I would have done this differently. So I'll just tell you on first guess. Rocco Baldelli's decision to pinch run Josh Donaldson at second base in the extra innings where you get the free uh, ghosty runner, as we're calling him, he pinch runs him for Blankenhorn with the idea that the Twins are trying to end the game. That was a win-now move by uh, manager Rocco Baldelli and the Minnesota Twins. The thought being, okay, runner on second, nobody out. We want to get that guy in. Who's fast enough to score from second on a single to the outfield? Or if we can move him over to third with one out, who's fast enough to tag up on a medium deep fly ball to the outfield they went with Blankenhorn over Josh Donaldson and of course Byron Buxton hits a home run the twins score two runs you could have walked home from second base and uh, the defense the next half inning let the twins down Blankenhorn in at second base boots a ground ball to extend the inning then Louisa Rise who's been pretty good at third base I thought uh, until this play gets a ground ball and throws it into the right field seats and the A's find another way to win a ball game. The twins find another way to lose. I don't want to nitpick this decision to death and decide, was it right? Was it wrong? And sort of relitigate those facts. But I just, I'm just letting you know, my first guess on that, my first reaction was, wow, good for the twins for going for uh, the, the win right now, rather than playing around with this thing came back to bite them. That's how it goes. Let's rattle off through the rest of this because I'm sure there are enough people already yelling at their radio that I'm wrong. Number two. You know, it's been a while since I've had, you know, that consistent stretch of real games. So I'm excited to to kind of get back that for sure and to, um, you know, play full nine inning games, um, you know, playing to win. Um, it's definitely a little bit different from, you know, being at the alternate site and playing, you know, the same games that last four or five innings and you're seeing the same guys every day. So definitely excited for it. That's Alex Kirilov. He's excited to be in the big leagues. Uh, you can't always tell it in his voice, but you got to listen to what he says, not how he says it. And uh, I, I can't imagine. You know, this is his chance to be sort of a earn his way to being a mainstay in the Twins lineup. And it's a time that the Twins lineup could really use his big lefty bat. I'm going to take you back to 2019 in Double A to maybe properly explain why Twins fans should be excited about this guy. Some rate him currently as the top prospect in the Twins organization. In Double A, in 2019, last time he had a full season, 283 batting average, with a 3.43 on base, and he slugged 4.13. That doesn't sound like slugger numbers, but he was dealing with a wrist injury. I think really from the very beginning of the season that year. So one of the most highly regarded prospects across the game of baseball. No matter what publication you look at, who's doing the list, and just ask the Twins, and they'll tell you how how much they like this kid's future. Alex Kirilov up with a chance to uh, earn his keep. Number three. And the 0-1 pitch, line drive into left. Kirilov coming in. He reaches out, makes the catch, and that's out number three. Hap has a no-hitter through seven. It was fun. I, uh, You start feeling sort of the crowd a little bit, and, you know, they're cheering a little bit more after each out, and it was getting pretty fun there for sure. Jay Happ was incredible the other night, took a no-hitter into the eighth inning before it was finally broken up. And it wasn't 
one of those, you know, we saw Jose Barrios dealing in Milwaukee earlier this year was like, these guys have no chance. How would anybody ever get a hit off of this guy? You know, a strikeout after swing and miss after strikeout. And uh, Hap was a little bit different. There was some more contact involved. He got his defense involved a little bit with fastball, uh, slider changeup. And it was just a it was just a gutty performance. And I don't mean that in a cliche way. I mean that in a he was impressive the other night at a team at a time, excuse me, when the team desperately needed a lift, veteran lefty Jay Happ went out there and gave it to him. It was a really well-timed performance for Happ and for the Twins. Uh, always fun to see history it just on the cusp. He didn't get the no-hitter done. It was as far as he'd taken it, but really fun to watch a big performance in a big-time outing for Jay Happ. Number four. After seeing a bunch of doctors, we all kind of came up with the the same solution, you know, and then, you know, a lot of medications and things like that. But for me to be able to feel normal, to feel regular, to wake up and not have to feel like I have pain or things like that, you know, it's been some months now and, you know, we're only going up. So I've been able to put on weight. I've been able to, you know, not be tired. I've been able to get my sleep in, you know, not wake up out of my sleep and things like that. It's just a lot of things that are behind, you know, closed doors that people didn't really see that I feel myself. I feel so much better about, you know, and just, the process, you know, it was definitely a process. Things aren't easy, and it, it takes time, and I understood that. That's Nick Gordon. He's up with the big league club now. Long time coming for Gordon. Uh, drafted by the Terry Ryan administration, and just, I believe it's a seven-year journey to get here to the big leagues. Uh, Gordon, of course, the um, son of former major leaguer Tom Gordon, and uh, he's he's got some... He's had some hurdles. That's just no two ways about it. Hat tip for the production value there. Uh, Chris Atterbury from Inside Twins, the, the pregame lineup card. Uh, and you can hear that coming up later this afternoon before Twins baseball first pitch. Uh, it's just, it's it's really, I don't, know, I, I don't know. Personally, I never get tired of guys getting their moment, guys realizing their dream. Uh, a lot of people get to do it, it seems like, in the course of a season. But then when you look at it, in the history of Major League Baseball, there's only about 19,000 and change humans on the planet who have played Big League Baseball. Nick Gordon going to get his chance after a long road to get here. And we'll close it up with this one. Number five. As Cave crushes this to left field, back goes the left fielder, jumps up, gone. Jake Cave with an opposite field home run, his first of the year, and his first RBI. He better put a smile on his face. Right there was just one of those times where it was like, hey, I'm gonna try to take advantage if he tries to lay one in here. And it worked out, it felt good. I haven't obviously played the way I wanted to, but you know, what, what can he do? You gotta go out there and keep swinging and keep battling and, and good things come. That's Jake Cave, uh, homer and a couple of doubles. Get hot, Jake Cave, uh, coming at a good time. Uh, he's right. Uh, it hasn't gone to plan so far this season, but you keep swinging, you keep battling, and it's an interesting time for Cave because with Kirilov up, he's a left-handed power bat who plays a corner outfield position. I mean, Cave does add another thing to the table where he can play center field in a backup role for Byron Buxton. Um, Kirilov probably not going to play any center field with the Twins, but that's a that's a direct threat, I would think. I mean, I haven't spoken with either of these guys about the situation, but you always wonder about the dynamics there. That hey, someone's here. That for Alex Kirilov to earn those at bats, 
and he hits well and, and Cave continues to struggle, I think it's going to get easier to write Kirilov's name into the lineup card for manager Rocco Baldelli. If Cave plays well, yeah, that's a good problem to have, obviously. And for from Cave's perspective, great time to get hot with some extra base hits and kind of show show the manager that, hey, you, you, you can't just write me in that bench spot uh, first. Uh, you got to think about putting me in a, an outfield corner here, too. So uh, that's it for Five Thoughts. We've got lots of fun stuff coming up on this program. Like I mentioned, some special guests, Twins Assistant General Manager Jeremy Zoll will join us later. Any Sabo of Bally Sports North. Former Twins closer Matt Caps joins the show later. And Betsy Helfand of the Pioneer Press. Loaded, loaded show today on Twins Today here. You want to call in later, you can do that at 651-989-9226. We'll talk a little Twins with you here today. We are going to come back and hear a segment from Twins lefty Taylor Rogers with the aforementioned production guru Chris Atterbury. Um, on this show here, Twins Today, 10 to noon with you. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Back after this. Welcome back. Twins Today is the program. I'm Derek Wetmore. Glad to be with you talking a little Twins baseball here today on 830 WCCO. We're going to be here from 10 to noon, leading you right up to the Edina Realty pregame lineup card. And every Friday on that esteemed program, we hear from Twins relief ace Taylor Rogers. I always want to call him Twins closer. It rolls off the tongue. But the Twins are moving their closer hat around a little bit this year. Rogers did pick up a save. Um, we hear extended interviews from him. And uh, he's kind enough to share some of his time. And I just wanted to play some of that in this show so that you can sample a little bit in case you missed on Friday and to give you a reason to check out next Friday with Taylor Rogers. Here's Chris Atterbury and the relief ace of the Twins. Taylor, when last we spoke, you were excited to get into a regular baseball routine when the team got out to the West Coast. Didn't really work out that way. Uh, I would say getting into a routine still top priority on this club's list. Certainly, certainly. That's funny that we talked about that, and then uh, then we had something come up, but uh, that's the way of it. I'm hoping we can get into a routine. You know, pitching-wise, hitting-wise, it's it, you know how baseball is. It's an everyday sport. Um, you see it a lot with, with teams in the playoffs when they have a long break in the playoffs, and then they come back, and it just seems off. Uh, hopefully, we can get into an everyday uh, routine and get it going. And 12 out of the first 13 games we played were day games. And then we go out to the West Coast and have those interruptions. So uh, we're working through it. Don't want anybody to feel sorry for us, but uh, hopefully we can get on the right track here. Not to dwell on it, but talk from a player's perspective, if you can, about what that quarantine situation was like. There's concern for teammates that you can't interact with. You're playing catch in a parking lot like you're an American Legion ball all over again. <laughs> a lot of elements to play, even just something as simple as getting a, a room cleaned or, or getting something to eat. Towels were uh, were tough to come by. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's tough too uh, in in those hotel rooms. There's you get a little desk chair and a bed, and that, that's the only places you have to sit. So it, it kind of was weird during the day uh, when you're just sitting on your bed to try to pass the time. You end up falling asleep, taking a nap because you're just sitting in a bed. And that's no good for the body. That is uh, certainly a body that has to perform an athletic feat. I want to go back to the Oakland game, and I want to go back to. You come into the contest, no room for error, bases loaded, you give up the base hit, and then this happens. Olsen hits this ball into left center field, dive, and a catch by Buxton. 
Byron Buxton left his feet, a Superman dive, and came up with it and robbed Olsen of extra base hits and saving a run from scoring. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, that catches about a 27. Tell us, as the pitcher, turning around when the ball left the bat and then seeing who's out in center field, what that was like. You know, these days, it's it's kind of bad to say, but I don't need to turn around as quick these days when the ball is heading to center field because you know Buxton's going to track it down. I think situationally, the timing of that catch pushes it to a 30 out of 10 instead of the 27. But you know what's funny, too, is I've never wanted to hug a man more than uh, than I did that day. <laughs> Not a bag and a security blanket in center field. Taylor Rogers, our guest, and this mound visit, also includes our weekly This Week in Williams Ostadio. It seems like weeks ago that he was on the mound with the most efficient inning pitched by a twin this year. I've asked you before about, you know, trying to maybe learn the cutter from Colomay, but have you talked to Williams about throwing that 46-mile-an-hour bender that he has? If you ask him, he was 93-94. That's what he told me in the clubhouse afterwards. He says, no, no, Poppy, I was 93-94. You never want the position player to pitch, but if it has to happen, Please make it off to you. That is must-see TV. Yeah, it certainly was. As for our weekly Taylor Rogers Power Rankings, you were recently in Anaheim, which I think has a great bullpen, double-deckered, sunshine, and then Oakland, where until recently it was just a metal bench and folding chairs and fans in your ear. Uh, talk about the difference between those two, and do you have a top three best visiting bullpens in baseball? Anaheim's very good. You really can't beat the weather out there, which helps. Um, and then it's stacked, so you can say hi to – either old friends or past teammates that are on the angels that makes it easy same with here at target field oakland they did some they they made that bench a little bigger i had some giants fans back there yelling at me they were updating me on the giants game telling me how my brother was doing so that was kind of a cool fan interaction first time i haven't had fans yelling at you uh instead of kind of letting you know what's going on so that was nice nice change of pace all right give me your top three then off the top of your head three okay uh top three target field uh, i know i'm biased Great bullpen. I like being back there. Great view of the ballpark. The way it's situated, uh, you can't see center field very well, but you have that chain link fence where it opens up. And when you see Buxton fly across into your view from the bullpen and make a catch, super fun. San Diego is like you're sitting out on the beach in some palm trees. And uh, that one's just super nice, too. Yeah, you're in the weather. They made it look like a beach out there. It's just really cool. And then uh, third one, probably... Uh, Probably Seattle. That one, you can get some good fan interaction as well. They're, they're right there, right on top of you. That the voice of Taylor Rogers with Chris Atterbury. Uh, just a radio refresh there. Some fun stuff that you can catch on the Friday show every week when Rogers joins the program on the Edina Realty pregame lineup card. Uh, I really liked one of his answers there where he gave – Yes, it's been an abnormal start to his season. And yes, if you're hunting for excuses, you could go point to that and say, yeah, you know, baseball's a routine sport, and we haven't really had a chance to get into a routine here. So I appreciated when Rogers then backed that up by saying, yeah, yeah, but we don't want anybody to feel sorry for us. That's not what he was saying it for. He was just sort of answering the question about the, the fact that they haven't been able to settle into a routine. Um, the fact is that the Twins have played some good baseball games, and nobody's denying that the roster is loaded with talent. But the simultaneous truth is that there have been some games that were not so pretty for the Twins either. So I know there are a lot of Twins fans right now that are waiting for them to sort of sort that out, waiting for them to get back on that winning track that, uh, that this talented roster, frankly, should be capable of doing.
Um, so, you know, momentum is your next day starter and all that, all those typical cliches apply. But I would personally really like the part where Rogers said that I'm not looking for an excuse. I'm not looking for people for to, to feel bad for us there. I, I think that's, that's words that the entire roster can take to heart. And uh, now that we are in a little bit more of a routine season, at least one can hope, knock on any wood that you can find, uh, then the Twins can maybe start getting going, playing the kind of baseball that we saw them in, in 2019 and for stretches of 2020 as well. So check that out every Friday on the Adina Realty pregame lineup card. Chris Roger, uh, excuse me, Chris Atterbury gets visited by Taylor Rogers for that interview. Speaking of interviews, when we come back on Twins Today, special guest joins me, Annie Sabo from Bally Sports North is going to sit in this chair. We'll talk a little Twins baseball with her. You can hear that coming up right here on Twins Today on News Talk 830-WCCO. Back after this. Well hit ball by Sabo, carrying to the track to the wall, and Cincinnati leads it one to nothing. Sabo cracks one over the fence. He corks another to left field, sending Ricky Henderson back, but not far enough. Another home run for Sabo, and it is five to two. You might be wondering why you're hearing highlights of the Cincinnati Reds and Chris Sabo, but that is because we have a special guest on the show. This is Twins Today. I'm Derek Wetmore. Thank you for listening. And Annie Sabo of Bally Sports North, kind enough to join us. Annie, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, of course. Excited to uh, be here making my radio debut in the Twin Cities. Welcome. Well, we're excited to be the ones to uh, provide <laughs> that debut. Uh, you carved your own path, of course. Media is a challenging game, and you've come to the Twin Cities on your credentials. But also... Your dad played Major League Baseball. What was yeah. that like growing up in a Major League household? You know, for me, everyone always asked me that. And for me, it just seemed so normal. Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, when we went to Reds games, I grew up in Cincinnati, but now oh. I call I call Florida, Tampa, Florida home. That's where my parents moved uh, years and years ago. The Reds had spring training in Sarasota, sure. Tampa area. So that's where my parents live right now. But to me, it was just always normal. We went to uh, Reds games or Bengals games. Obviously, my dad was a very popular character. I just... Unfortunately, my dad retired when I was just four years old, okay. and so I don't remember that much about his career, although, you know, listening to those highlights as he brought me in was super fun, and <laughs> whatever, there are some old school highlights on MLB Network or whatever it may be. My mom always, you know, tapes it and sends it to us, so sure. I mean, Matt, my dad really inspired my career uh, to do what I do, and um, he's just... The greatest dad ever. He kind of uh, – he was in Florida. Now, I mean, he is the head coach of the University of Akron baseball team. So, yeah. my mom kind of goes back and forth. So, he's he's been busy, but uh, okay. uh, it's just been – I mean, I guess the long answer short is it just seemed so normal to me. But, I mean, playing sports growing up, he was just – such a help, and in this career, uh, definitely inspired me to pursue something like this. Sure. Well, super normal to have a three-time All-Star <laughs> <laughs> back at home. That's pretty cool. Uh, did you play softball? What sports did you play growing up? Everyone asked me that, too. My sisters were much better uh, at softball okay. than I was. I have two sisters. My dad's very lucky. He has three girls. <laughs> uh, and um, I played competitive soccer growing up. Okay. Um, 
was pretty good at that. Got too many concussions, so had to uh, end that right. career. And then we got really got into tennis. Okay. Uh, my sister and I went to uh, state in Ohio many times uh, at Ursuline Academy in Cincinnati, Ohio, an all girls uh, Catholic school. So we really got into tennis. My youngest sister and my dad lived in Boca Raton, Florida, for quite a bit uh, at a tennis academy. Sure, yeah. So um, I did not play softball, but I mean sports definitely were huge in our household. I mean, games are always on. We're yeah. always playing something. I mean, still to this day, I mean, I'm with my fiance and we we have a competitive pickleball match <laughs> at home in Florida. So, I mean, we're always doing something active and um yeah, having a dad that uh, had a professional baseball career de- definitely helps. That's terrific. Well, let's transition and talk about your career because mm-hmm. you've now started at Valley Sports North. Mm-hmm. You've been here a while. You're not really the the new person in town <laughs> anymore, although kind of we we're talking off the air kind of yeah. feels like that a little bit with mm-hmm. the pandemic affecting so many sports in 2020 and now bleeding into 2021 uh you cover the twins of course uh-huh. you do timberwolves games yep. what else and and i guess how do those relate for you you, you didn't mention basketball in that sport but you must like doing the timberwolves games. oh yeah um actually you know i came here from from tampa covering uh, hockey, the Lightning, the Buccaneers, yep. and uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. So covering the NBA, okay. I had covered college basketball in my day, but I yeah. never really covered the NBA, and um, I was definitely up for the challenge. And uh, it's been a learning experience, that's for sure, but it's been so much fun to cover the Timberwolves. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I came here, yeah, in September of 2019, but then the world shut down, so I got to do, you know, <laughs> One uh, playoff baseball game, one postseason game. Yeah. Uh, I was just kind of doing some reporting when the Twins were facing the Yankees yep, in 2019 that. and then, you know, got into basketball and then went home to Florida and then the world shut down. Okay. So I was uh, down ho- down uh, in Florida at, at home for quite some time. And then, yeah, the shortened baseball season last year. So I consider this like my first full yeah. year of both, you know, an NBA season and a twin season. And it's just been so much fun. Uh, lots of great sports fans in this area. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, there hasn't been, you know, that many fans in the stands. But, I mean, it's so nice to see all the fans back here at, at Target Field and at Target Center just as I was transitioning from basketball to baseball, sure. the fans being back. So, uh you guys love your sports here. And I have to say, too, <laughs> yeah. I know it's been so cold, but I'm just looking around the stands yesterday, and there are girls in, you know, short sleeves, and mm-hmm. it's like 40 degrees. And I just I just think that's incredible. The cold just does not bo- bother you, got, you Minnesotans out here. No, well, and this is radio, so not a visual medium, although you can catch Annie later on a visual medium. Yeah. Valley Sports North, the pregame and postgame show, you've been doing a lot of those yeah. uh, mutu- with a mutual friend, Glenn Perkins, mm-hmm. I've seen you on a number of times with. Uh, I, I will say for our listeners who don't have the benefit of seeing us right now that we are both representing strong the Minnesota sweater weather season because it's it's it might be April and we might have had in the 70s and it might be 70s coming yeah. up, but it's, what is it, 40 degrees at the ballpark right now? And so we both uh, strongly representing, I have to compliment you on that, Annie. It is sweater weather until it's not in oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Sweater, hats. I have a blanket on my lap during the pregame show. <laughs> but I heard that this is supposed to be the last somewhat colder day before we get some warmth. So I am uh, ready for the warmth. Bring on spring. I will say a little bit about that just as a, as a lifelong Minnesotan, only detoured once. I was out in Baltimore for a summer okay. covering the Orioles. Uh, 
talking about the weather warming up is like a soup. It's a pastime that we all share. <laughs> but there's also the superstitious crowd out there that's just like when a baseball game is flying in the sixth inning, you don't want to be the one to say, this game's really moving along because now you're the one that jinxed it if we go 14 innings tonight. That is so true. <laughs> we do it all the time in our booth, uh, a couple booths over. Okay. You know, moving along, can't say that out loud. You, you can only say it in your head or else you're going to jinx us. That's we, for sure. That's funny. You got to be careful with that. Um, so, Annie, I will ask you just some stuff on the on the field here. Thanks for being kind enough to join us here on Twins Today. I'm I'm just kind of wondering how this team isn't playing better baseball. Mm-hmm. How, how do you see it right now? I know there's kind of been the stop and start to the schedule. Right. But to me, Annie, this team looks too talented to be off to kind of the rough start that they've been on. Yeah, to me, I mean, granted, the cold weather definitely isn't helping. I know these guys – have to be used to it by now, but I don't know. I'm from Cincinnati, and I never quite get used to the cold. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just think, you know, it's been uh, a season of challenges, right? We've had injuries with yeah. Josh Donaldson. We've had Byron Buxton go down. We've also had, you know, the COVID scare last week that has kept guys out like Miguel Sano and, and Max Kepler who have not necessarily been hitting up to their capabilities because they're far too talented. Uh for what their batting averages do show. But I just think, you know, they're v- missing some veteran guys like a Sano, like a Kep- Kepler in the lineup. And uh, uh, that's kind of what I am chalking it up to be. I'm not concerned by any means. I think the Twins' bats will definitely, you know, heat up sooner rather than later. Just also, you know, with the starting pitchers, I mean, Michael Pineda yesterday started off really well, but it's just the starting pitchers have not gotten the run support they they got yeah. last year. Right, and it all plays together, right? Right, Because when you see a starter go out and, and dominate, I think people get kind of excited about that. Oh, yeah. I was a little surprised even when, when Jay Happ was pitching well the other day that they didn't go throw more runs on the board because I would think you'd be – You'd be kind of running to the bat rack on a game like that. I think we get a couple runs, we're going to win this one. Um, I don't know. I think your your weather point might be something on. Before you came on, Annie, Taylor Rogers was our, mm-hmm. our taped guest, and he okay. talked about the schedule, yeah, stop, start, and day games and stuff like that that you spoke to, too. Yeah. I got to imagine some of it for the players is the rhythm of the season hasn't really even started coming yet. I mean, yeah, you play 60 games last year, and now you're, you're – Full into a 162-game season, which definitely takes some getting used to based on, you know, the stop and start of last year. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, this team, I definitely think, as you mentioned, not playing up to their potential right now because the lineup top to bottom is just far too talented. However, I definitely think, I mean, hey, we saw, you know, the two games in Oakland, the bats not necessarily producing – all that many hits and runs. And then in the series finale, we saw 18 hits. So uh, you (laughs) never know. We could see that today despite uh, the cold weather. Matt Shoemaker on the mound for the Mm -hmm. Twins today. Annie, your pre- and post-game today. Who are you with? I haven't even seen the lineup. We, I am with Tim Laudner today. Oh, great. So he's going to be, we're going to be, of course, talking some Shoemaker after uh, his last outing in Oakland. Not not his best, but outside of that, has really looked strong. And I think from my point of view, you see – a new face and Jay Happ go out there and just throw an absolute dominant game. You're yeah. the new guy. You're the new guy in Matt Shoemaker as well. Yeah. You kind of want to live up to that to a certain extent and uh, boost the morale inside the clubhouse based on uh, the loss yesterday. So I'm expecting a good one out of him today, and we'll talk about that during the show. Ask Lods what it's like to catch a diving splitter like that. That I can't even imagine. Like that's I. I look at that and mm-hmm. I never caught. I was too scared. But <laughs> same. I would like. <laughs> 
break my thumb with that thing diving down. So I'd be very fascinated to hear Lod's perspective on that. Um, Annie, can't thank you enough for the time. Thanks for coming on Twins Today. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoyed it. That's the voice of Annie Sabo. You can catch her on TV on Bally Sports North, the pre and the post game today with Mr. Tim Laudner. Coming up next on the show, we have got more fun baseball talk. We're going to talk with a person inside the Twins front office about some of these young prospects who are called up and what the future could hold for them in the big leagues. You're going to want to tune in for that when we talk with Twins assistant general manager Jeremy Zoll here on Twins Today, listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back. Twins Today is the show. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore. We are just joined by Annie Sabo of Bally Sports North. Kind enough to give us a little bit of time. We are now joined by Twins Assistant General Manager, Jeremy Zoll. Jeremy, thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Oh, the pleasure is all ours, and I'm excited to talk to you about uh, a number of different things, Jeremy. But I want to start with the big one because – and. I haven't even spoken with you, I think, since you got this promotion. So so correct me on anything that I say wrong here in this interview, and please feel free. Uh, I know you had your hands really closely involved with minor league development of, of Twins players, Twins prospects, sort of churning out that next round of future big leaguers. Um, so I want to ask you about one in particular that people are pretty excited about, and that is Alex Kirilov. Oh, what makes him so special as a big leaguer? And that the twins can really see play out on the field at Target Field now. Yeah, we're we're super excited for for Alex to to get this opportunity that he's getting, and, and for his uh, prospects here uh, in the future to impact the organization. Um, really, from the day that uh, he was drafted, he showed he showed such an unbelievable feel to hit um, and such a natural rhythm and timing um, in the batter's box. And um, you know, he's battled some injuries along the way, had, had a Tommy John surgery early on in his, his pro career and um, some wrist issues as well. But when he's been on the field, all he's he's done is hit and he's worked to refine his approach um, to, to increase his walks along the way as well. Um, we think he does a really nice job driving the ball to the opposite field, uh, left center field gap and, and showing that really awesome mix of, of ability to hit and ability to drive the baseball. And he, when he connects, he crushes baseballs. And so that's really fun to watch. I'm also curious about that sort of approach um, developing. And I'll say, uh, you sh- you'll know this by now, Jeremy, but for our listeners who don't, I am not a baseball scout. I am a uh, radio host, and I enjoy writing and talking about this great game of baseball. But I was uh, fortunate enough to be in Fort Myers, Florida, watching Kirilov take uh, just some, some swings in the cage, down in that underneath cage at Hammond Stadium in Fort Myers. And... This almost borders on cliche, but he was just getting soft tossed, Jeremy, and I could not believe the sound that he made as he impacted the ball. Um, how do you find that in a player? And follow up to that question: Can you develop that further, or is it just one of those innate things that that some guys just have the hand speed to make that happen? Yeah, our, our scouting group uh, did an unbelievable job. Tim O'Neill and um, Sean Johnson, Darren Johnson, and others did did an awesome job finding. Um, you know, working through the, the scouting process with Alex when he was up in Pennsylvania as a, as a high school player. Um, and, and he's really um, had that ability um, as long as anyone in our group can, can remember. But, um, you know, we, we definitely think there are ways to, to help players in general clean up their, their bat path, um, improve their timing to, to help them uh, develop that ability to do damage. But 
uh, for Alex. He's, he's someone that um, really from day one within the organization has, has shown um, that, that really good ability. He has um, su- such a clean bat path and, and such great feel in the batter's box to allow him to get to his best swing consistently. Cool. And I, I'm not uh, minimizing this by any means, and I certainly want to circle back on some of that development stuff that you talked about. Um, but I also have to ask you about Nick Gordon, because a lot of Twins fans have been excited about him for years to come up and uh, just up the middle defense. What can you tell us about Nick Gordon, who at long last is going to get his shot in the big leagues? Yeah, we're, we're so excited for Nick. He's he's really um, worked super hard to get to this point, and um, when, when Toby Gardenhire got to share the news with Nick that uh, he's getting called up, he, he was so excited he had to uh, tell Toby he was going to call him back after he caught his breath to, to finish the conversation. So <laughs> one, one of those really cool moments for the organization. And uh, Nick Nick's path has definitely um, got, been a little bit slower than I know that he would have hoped or anyone within our group would have hoped, but um, it really speaks to his perseverance. He's battled through a lot. A lot of different people have touched him along the way um, with, with some of the changes that we've gone through within minor league development, um, our medical staff, major league staff, and so on. And, and he's just kept on plugging. He's worked super hard to, to get healthy this offseason um, and was doing a really nice job at the alternate site, controlling the strike zone, putting together good at-bats, um, and, and splitting time in, uh, at the middle infield positions, as you mentioned there. Yeah, so that's going to be a fun one to follow um, for Twins fans, no doubt, and, and just a great story. Fun to hear when those things actually end up in the big leagues as he's been dreaming about uh, not many people get that opportunity in this lifetime as you uh, well know jeremy jeremy zoll is our guest he's the assistant general manager of the minnesota twins um had his hand involved in in minor league development and that kind of thing for for as long as i've known jeremy so i'm going to ask you the question about uh, we were talking about alex kirilov and you said you think there are ways that you can sort of um i think you said clean up bat path for some players broad question here how much has that part of the game changed the development of prospects and and future big leaguers how much has it changed and maybe just i don't know the last five years or last 10 years what's your perspective on that yeah i think i think five-ish years is a is a really good like time horizon to put on that i think i think as we look back five years ago to today the amount of resources um for all organizations not just the twins but all organizations that are throw that they're throwing into the, the development space, but also this rapid development um, of technology that can be used on the field to help our players, whether it's um, bat sensors, whether it's biomechanical markers and um, technology to help us understand how a body, uh, a, a player's body is moving um, both on the mound or in the batter's box. And then the, the development that our coaches are doing to learn how to take um, that information coming from our R&D department and getting it into the player's hands in a digestible way. Um, that's been uh, something that we've seen pretty rapid growth in and a little bit of an arms race across the game to figure out who can figure out the best ways to, to do that and apply that in, um, in a manner that, that the players can, can implement. So um, it's been really fun to uh, be a part of that in a variety of ways. And we have a lot of people in our group that are super passionate about it. So um, it's, it's, an, it's an exciting problem to continue to work to, to solve. Seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like coaching is harder today than it's ever been. And also like learning, being a player and developing your game. On one hand, it's, it's easier because you can say, oh, I got to do this better and here's how. And on the other hand, there's a lot to deal with. There's a lot to sift through and sort of apply and make it actionable. Um, do, you, do you find that to be the case, that, that coaching maybe specifically is more challenging today than it's ever been? 
Totally. It, it's uh, it's a really good point you bring up there. We, we've talked a lot about how um, our coaches, um, it's not just about trying to access the most amount of information or having the most amount of information in your in your binder, in your notebook to, to bring to the player, but then um, figuring out the, the right way to build relationships with players from all different backgrounds and um, with all different um, interest levels in data and technology and information and um, needing to take such an individualized approach with every player, not only with the plan that you're putting together to help them maximize their abilities, but individualizing the plan to, uh, to get them to buy in and the message that you're delivering. So there's kind of these multiple prongs here that coaches need to work to solve and something that, that we're super passionate about helping them develop along the way as well. Yeah. And the great thing is though, I think you talk to any minor leaguer or, or maybe somebody trying to get back to the big leagues and they all want to get better. It, that's, that's nice that that's not really a question that how can I get better? And now we can get better at answering that question of how, um, and Jeremy, you guys have a new site, a new partnership, I guess it's not that new because you used uh, CHS Field as the alternate site last year during the pandemic-impacted 2020 season. And now, of course, the Saints are the new AAA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. So I've heard a lot about the the challenges that come with that and uh, guys who are sort of going through, quote-unquote, Groundhog's Day when they're just at basically extended spring training in St. Paul. And you, you do simulated games, you try to do skill development. Um, so we know about the challenges of that uh, with COVID on top of it, not the least. But what about the opportunities of working with guys really closely here, just just down 94, trying to sort of polish that next crop of big leaguers? What opportunities has that presented the Twins organization in development? Yeah, it's been it's been so great having um, this alternate site so close and, and what will be AAA here uh, in the very near future uh, to take advantage of that and just our ability to um, double up on resources that we're dedicating to the big league level and having those um, also available at, at St. Paul and it's a chance for our big league coaching staff on certain, uh, certain days and opportunities to swing over to, to CHS, to, to work with a player, to, to really take advantage of our outstanding performance team, medical staff, rehab staff, and so on. Um, and, and just to feel like that group is even more connected and, and not on an Island, but we we've had, um, you know, you mentioned the simulated games that, that we're, that we're navigating here, um, there's definitely some cons to that. No, no, no way around that, but we, we found some real pros too, to be able to get a ton of at bats um, for uh, a subset of players here in a, in a relatively short period of time. So um, I think when you don't, when you're not able to, to click on the MILB.com stat page and, and see what's happening, it, it sometimes you forget exactly how much work these guys are getting in, but um, most of that group has already exceeded 50 plate appearances over the course of these few weeks and um, getting some really, targeted quality work um, we're able to set up situations and matchups and if someone wants to work more against facing a left-handed pitcher we can we can stack their bats up that way or if a pitcher needs to work on controlling the running game we can put them in those situations so some of that's been really cool and our staff has done an outstanding job of, of really maximizing those opportunities some Anders Ericsson vibes there with the dedicated practice uh, putting some of the minor leaguers through the the ringer. Uh, Jeremy Zoles, our guest, the assistant general manager of the Minnesota Twins. I got one question here before we let you go. Um, the minor league season is coming up. It'll start in early May for a lot of teams. I think the Saints open on the road before their home opener May 11th. What changes logistically at the alternate site where you've got your guys working out there now, but then a minor league season is going to have to operate out of CHS field too. Can you maybe just summarize what that's going to mean as an impact on the Twins organization? 
Absolutely. So, so right now we, we have a very pitcher heavy group over there to be able to facilitate these simulated games that we've been talking about and make sure. um, people available for, um, for when the taxi squad happens for when we're dealing with roster moves and so on. So we will have to do some resetting of the roster um, at, at CHS at AAA to, to get that to be, um, you know, in, in the right spot to navigate uh, playing a triple a AAA season but, um, you know, our guys will have to start getting ready to um, deal with bus trips and, and plane, plane rides to certain sites. And um, we'll now we'll be back to navigating what roster moves look like when a AAA season and the minor leagues are actually happening. So um, ultimately, it's a good thing. We're excited to get minor league baseball up and running. Really good opportunity for our players. But uh, definitely some added hurdles and logistics here that, that we're uh, ready to tackle as a group. Yeah, that's great. It's a light at the end of the tunnel with uh, minor league baseball coming back. Jeremy. No we really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on, Twins, today. Thanks thanks for having me on, Derek. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, that's the voice of Twins Assistant General Manager Jeremy Zoltz, kind enough to join the program today. Um, just really fascinating insight on the development that goes on in the minor leagues. And, of course, I know, too, the development doesn't stop when you get to the big leagues. So that's that's one of the fun sort of underneath-the-surface challenges that the Twins face every day. And he said it there. It's a, it's it's an opportunity more than it is a challenge. But what a fun time to be trying to develop the next wave of future big leaguers with all this information at your fingertips, all of these things that you can learn about how guys get better and how you can make them better. Um you know, I, I'll say it for them because I think people with the Twins might be too modest to say it, but that's really become one of the calling cards of the Twins in 2021, really dating back a couple of years here, but they've been building out this sort of infrastructure within their company, if you want to think about it that way, of how to develop the next wave of talent. How do you take your big leaguers right now, make them better? How do you take your big leaguers of tomorrow and make sure that they're in the best position to succeed. Because he mentioned it too. Jeremy mentioned the arms race that's going on across the game. you got a lot of teams spending a lot of money to try to figure out that problem. Um, ultimately, I think it's good for the game, and it's great for the Twins to try to run out and get in front of that race. That's it for Hour 1 of Twins today, but don't worry. We've got a whole nother hour coming up. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk with former Twins closer Matt Caps, which I'm super looking forward to. And then we're going to get a, a peek behind the curtain of the Twins organization and some of the Shark Tank-like ways. I, I heard about a new program coming up that I'm going to ask um, our, our secret guest coming up in the next hour. You're listening to Twins Today on News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group more than cars. Once again, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Figgins running the pitch, swung on and missed, he struck him out on an off-speed pitch. And Maurer keeps the ball for Matt Capps, his first save in a Twins uniform. We're joined by Matt Capps here, Matt Capps saving a ball game in his first game as a Minnesota Twin. And Matt, you take them out here in front of yet another sellout, brand new ballpark in the middle of the pennant race. Nice feeling, I would imagine, as you towed the rubber and looked around and folks said gave you a very warm Minnesota greeting. Oh, absolutely. That was phenomenal. That's uh, one of the best feelings I've had in the big leagues was coming in to that ovation there. It, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a fun summer here. So I'm, after, after tonight, I'm very much looking forward to the rest of the season. 
That's the voice of then Twins closer, Matt Caps. Welcome back to the show. This is Twins Today. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we're joined now by now former Twins closer and Pirates media member, Matt Caps. Matt, thanks for joining the show today. Hey, Derek. How are you? Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on. The pleasure is all ours. Uh, I want to ask you first, before we talk about your time with the Twins, when you were playing, did you know media was going to be in your future? Did not have a clue. Um, I mean, I always had a good relationship, I, I think, uh, with most of the media, the newspaper guys, the TV guys. I, you know, tried to be respectful and, you know, uh, understood they had a job to do. I was a little bit intrigued by it, but, um, yeah, I, I had no idea uh, what path my life was going to go down after baseball. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if this is the start of something for me. So this is your first season, I understand, doing Pirates Media. Um, a, what are you doing? But B, I'm curious to know, too, how'd you get into it? How, how does a former big leaguer uh, become one of us here on the other side of the camera and microphone? Yeah, well, this is my first year. I was supposed to get into it a little bit more uh, last year. And, and as you know, with 2020 and the COVID season and everything that happened, uh, I live in Georgia still. Uh, I lived there when I was a twin and uh, you know, Georgia was put on the restriction list for Pennsylvania. I wasn't able to travel uh, up here at all last year and work any games, period. Uh, I did get an opportunity to do a handful of pregame and postgame shows in 2019 and enjoyed that. And that's actually what I'm doing this weekend. I'm doing the pre-post uh, for the Twins series. And I was in the booth week before last when the Pirates played the Padres and Brewers. And I'll be back up in mid-May to, to be back in the booth. So I'm doing a little bit of pre-post, uh, a little bit more of the color analyst type work, working with Greg Brown and Joe Block, the PA guys for the Pirates. And uh, enjoying my time back around, the, uh, back around baseball, back around the sport. I, when I retired, uh, I left Minnesota in 12. Or 12 was my last year there. And then I bounced around a little bit, had my shoulder fixed and uh, finally retired in 17. I kind of went away from baseball and chased some other passions and, and followed some other, um, other things that I, I liked. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, baseball is one of the true loves of my life. And, uh, it's nice to be back around it. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed my, my couple of weeks up here and, uh, look forward to a little more of it. That's great. It's cool. It's cool to hear about the gravity sort of pulling you back into the game. Yeah. It kind of it happens yeah. for a lot of guys. You know, I did a show with uh, former Twins closer Glenn Perkins uh, for a while on the radio, and same kind of thing. It was, you know, I got some interests that I'm going to explore, and then what's he doing? He's on TV here in the Twin Cities because he can't get enough of uh, the game of baseball. So cool to hear that it's uh, similar for you, Matt. I'm I'm just also kind of wondering – you know, you have a leg up on people because you played the game. I think that's fair to say that uh, you just understand it at a level far beyond somebody who has never um, stepped on a big league mound could understand it. So uh, that's that's a cool leg up, but also it's it's kind of neat. You got some things to learn in a new game. Is there somebody, whether you played with them as a teammate or not, uh, that you lean on from a media sense to sort of learn some of those those tricks of the trade that may be similar to what you'd be as a rookie in the big leagues, um, similar now, almost a rookie broadcaster. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we have a great group of people here. Uh, you know, Greg Brown's been here for a long, long time. Uh, he's one of the best in the game. I, I had so much respect and admiration for him even before I got into this. And now uh, working with him, I mean, he he makes it easy. He, he makes me look good, which is hard to do. Uh, same thing with Joe Block. You know, I haven't worked a TV game with Joe yet, but I, I've been with him on the radio. And uh, it's a great conversation, and, and it, it's easy. You know, we had um, we had that almost four hour game with the Padres where there were like 24 walks and hit batsmen. And, um, you know, the game flew by, you know, so for me, that kind of tells you, like, you know, the chemistry is good and get along with guys and, and people. Um, so as far as like former players that I, I've talked to, actually, Justin Morneau reached out to me. Uh, during spring training and when I was calling one of the Pirates and Twins games in spring training and said he enjoyed listening to me and um, you know I, I offered up to uh, let me talk to him about it a little bit and his transition I understand he's done some games and that's something I intend to do I just uh, haven't had a moment when I got home from spring training I was home for two weeks before I came back up here and yeah uh, with a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, finding a 30-minute, 45-minute window where I can actually catch up with an old buddy is not exactly easy. So it happened hasn't happened yet, but I intend to reach out to Morney and, um, yeah, if nothing else, just catch up with him. But I'd like to hear about his transition into the booth and some of the stuff he's done as well. That's great. And it's, it's always super fun to hear about that interconnected web in the game of Major League Baseball. And, and Matt, I think – I, I might have this wrong, but it's about half dozen organizations you were with, primarily with the Pirates to start, made an all-star team with the Nationals, and not long after that, it was a trade to the Minnesota Twins. Can you take me through that month of July when you're at sort of the, the peak of your game? I believe you got the win in that all-star game, too, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. uh, a couple yeah. weeks later, then you're the Minnesota Twins closer. What was that whirlwind like? Uh, a whirlwind is a great way to put it. Uh, 2010 was a, a year of a lifetime for me. Uh, there were some peaks and valleys. Um, you know, I lost my father in October of 2009 and, uh, you know, going into spring training of 2010, it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of a lost time for me. If I'm being honest, uh, you know, being a, a man and, and kind of losing your Superman, uh, that person that you look up to your whole life, you know, it kind of, uh, felt like at times I was treading water. A little bit but baseball was the stability you know and, and i'm fortunate i shouldn't say baseball was the stability like it was the only stability in my life my my wife was there for me my you know the rest of my family my mother and my brother were going through the same struggles uh you know and it, it made the rest of our family closer but um you know it was nice it was kind of refreshing and baseball became my escape uh got into spring training and you know had a had a blast in washington you know, that group of guys was a special group of guys. We we weren't the best team on the field performance-wise, but we had a good group of guys, and you kind of saw the direction that they were going. And uh, I'll never forget Mike Rizzo calling me. Uh, I was out to dinner, actually, with my wife and her mom uh, in Georgetown in D.C., and we had played a day game against the Braves. Um, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, I knew I was getting traded. It was just where I was going to go. Uh, and there was actually a lot of talk a couple of days leading up to it that I was going to Atlanta, uh, my hometown team that I, I grew up watching. And, um, 
he called me and told me, you know, Ron Gardenhire is going to call you in a little bit. You're going to the Minnesota Twins. And I remember the excitement of, oh, my goodness. Like, they're good. They're really good. And uh, I've got an opportunity to go to the, the AL Central and, um, you know, get to go to places like Chicago and Kansas City, a couple of my favorite cities to visit. I had only been to Minnesota one time as a visiting player, and that was with the old Metrodome. And, uh, I knew about the new stadium and, um, you know, got over to Minnesota and it was a, it was a quick turnaround. Uh, I believe we were at dinner about nine o'clock at night and I was on a nine thirty flight the next morning. Wow. And, uh, got into Minnesota and went to the ballpark dropped off my equipment and, um, then went back to the hotel or went to the hotel and got checked in, tried to catch a little nap before I came to, to the game. And I, I remember getting to, getting to the field and a couple of the guys being in there and me just being exhausted that whole day. Um, you know, and I had thrown the two days before in Washington. So I, I wasn't sure if they were going to give me the day off or, you know, what, let's, Hey, we're here, let's go. Uh, and Guardy and, and Rick Anderson were to ask me how I felt. And I said, well, I played catch. I feel pretty good actually. Um, you know, and it was definitely an adrenaline high. So um, got the save opportunity. I mean, it, you, couldn't have written a better script and, and came in, got to face Ichiro, uh, got Ichiro to ground out. And then it was like Ichiro grounded out. And it's kind of a, a deep breath. Take that deep breath. Like, all right, let's, it's just baseball, you know, let's go play baseball. And, um, you know, the embrace I had in that clubhouse with Kadire, Maurer, Morneau, Tomi, Pavano, uh, I can't say all, I mean, I'm going to forget guys, but uh, Puno, Punto and um, Matt Career and then, you know, still have relationships with guys like Nick Blackburn and um, Brian Dunsing that were, you know, just embraced me and welcomed me with open arms. And um, it was a fun, fun rest of the season, too. Matt Capps, our guest right now on Twins Today. Matt, final one before I let you go and get back to your Pirates broadcasting duties. What, when, if, maybe it's a generic question, but I'm fascinated to hear it. You have a memory that stands out to you in your mind about your time with the Twins as sort of a, a highlight for that period of your life? That I can say on air? <laughs> uh, yeah, we better stick nah, to that. I'm going to get in trouble here, Matt. Yeah, No, nah, there, was, there was a ton of good memories, a ton of good memories. Um, the, the one that really, you know, jumps out the most was clinching. Um, you know, it was the only time in my big league career I got to go to the playoffs and uh, I remember vividly we were we had a day game we won I don't recall who we were playing but um, you know walking into the clubhouse and Garden Hire just saying no 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 we're we're not going to stay and watch it you know well 25 guys stayed and watched it and uh, you know we we had a good time after we clenched and the staff was there and it it was awesome but uh, just the camaraderie uh, with that team and and the glue that held it all together was Michael Kadire. Um, yeah, I remember coming in and after that first save, I was interviewed on the field and I came into the clubhouse and everybody was sitting at their locker and it was dead silent. And then the place erupted, you know, when I walked in and they did a little presentation there and it was like, it was, it was a cool moment. So it's a special group of guys. That's great. Fantastic memory. Fun to hear about that. Uh, Matt, can't thank you enough for your time coming on Twins today and good luck with the Pirates broadcasting. Derek, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and hello to everybody. A lot of good people over there that you're working with and around, as you know, so please pass along my hellos to everyone. You got it. I sure will. Be well, Matt. Thank you.
That the voice of former Twins closer Matt Caps. Just super fun catching up with him and the things that we're uh, remembering from that 2010 season. Uh, we're up against a break here, and as you'll know, Twins Today is sponsored by the Mauer Auto Group. So we welcome into the show now Jeremy McFarland from the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. Jeremy, how are you doing today? We're doing really good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, happy to have you, happy to chat with you like every week. And you know, Jeremy, Twins fans hear me say Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. Can you explain to me why you guys use that as your catch line? Right, well, we use it because it everything is, it's about more than cars. I mean, obviously, we're going to sell you a car. We're going to have you come in and we're going to treat you right and everything. But more than most auto dealerships, we listen to your needs and we try to help you solve a problem because you came in because you either want something new or you just want to get rid of something old. But even beyond the purchase, we try to help out in the community as much as we can. I mean, everybody knows they've been listening to the show. I mean, we've given away a couple cars. We've donated over 25,000 pounds of food. We've given away toys. I mean, there's, there's so much stuff that selling cars allows us to do to the community that that's what the whole more than cars thing is all about. Cause I mean, we'll, we'll sell you a car. That's not the problem. And we're going to take care of you before the sale, after the sale, the service, we have a body shop, we have everything you would ever need in the car. But more than that, you're becoming part of us. And that's what the more than cars thing, you know, it's, it's like the twins. When you talk about the twins, not only do they donate to the community, we all know that, but it's, it's more than the game. You know, we all enjoy watching the games and all that kind of stuff, but really with what's going on and everything for for the twins organization to open up target field for us and have all that extra help and all the extra people it really is more than the game if somebody hears this and they're thinking yeah you know maybe it is time to go check out a new car where is the best place that they can go to learn more about the mauer auto group the best place is always on the internet obviously you know our websites are you know it's mauermainchev.com it's mauerchef.com and mauerbuickgmc.com. So the, all those websites will give you all of our inventories and you can look at everything at every dealership. Call anybody up there. We're going to help you out with that. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's so easy to look online. But the best thing to do, just come on in and see us. The incentives are still strong. The leases are fabulous. And again, when you lease with the Mauer Auto Group, you do become part of us. You become part of the Lease Elite program includes all your maintenance, everything you need in that lease. It's all covered. Right now, I know there are some spectacular deals. I mean, we have three different small SUVs all under $300 a month on a lease. So, I mean, that's we haven't had that in a long time. So that's a very strong play right now. Um, we can get you into the all-new Trailblazer. It's totally redesigned. It's really, really good, all the way down to $259 a month. So now is a great time to come on in, but just come on in and check them out, see what we have. Jeremy, thanks for your time. Have a great day. All right, you too. Thank you. Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, with a special guest on this segment, peeling back the curtain from inside the Twins organization. He is Chris Isles, the uh, Director of Brand Experience and Innovation. Chris, thank you for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm always nervous getting people's titles wrong because I feel like it sets the stage for the whole interview. Yeah, I, well, you, you nailed it. Pretty close. Close enough. No. <laughs> uh, Chris, you and I have known each other for a number of years. You've been working um, in this sort of capacity to work on the Twins um, brand. And I think when people hear that, it's almost like 
unrelated to a baseball team, right? Because most of the things we talk about on the show are what's happening on the field. Can you take me through what it means to work on a brand experience for a, for a baseball team? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a whole variety of different things. But really, I mean, what we're ultimately trying to do is push the Minnesota Twins brand beyond baseball. Um, we not only want to be a stellar baseball brand that wins on and off the field, uh, but we want to stand for more than just baseball. At the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do is, is push the Minnesota Twins brand to stand for more than just baseball. Yeah. And I know that involves a lot of the tech and stuff um, we'll get on to an exciting announcement that you guys made recently with this Techstars sort of startup incubator thing. I'm fascinated to talk to you about that. But it goes to something that a lot of people probably use all the time, and that's the, the apps. What experience is available? Um, maybe start with the people at the ballpark and they're coming to Target Field. Take me through as somebody who rarely uses those apps. Guilty. I'm raising my hand. Sorry. I'm telling on myself, Chris. You're already in the door. Yeah. You're... <laughs> but a, a ton of people all, uh, do use those. So I am very curious to hear what that entails. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, uh, the ballpark app, uh, the MLB ballpark app is really a fan's one-stop shop for all things access to the ballpark. We are running all of our ticketing through the app. Um, as of new this year, if, if you're going to make it out to a game, uh, fans are able to order and pay for concessions through the app. So as part of our health and safety protocols, people don't have to touch cash. They don't have to um, have that face-to-face -face interaction at the concession stand. Um, not only are you going to be able to manage your ticket through the ballpark app, you're going to be able to manage your entire concessions and merchandise experience through the app as well. Taking out just one more contact, one more touch point that, uh, that we don't frankly need to have in the COVID era, thanks to technology. Um, so that's that's some of the more uh, operational functionality that that fans will use our ballpark app for. Um, there's some straight entertainment in there though too that that I think is is really the strong suit of what we've got going on in the app from a fan engagement uh, standpoint. Uh, we have easily the most robust gaming strategy in the league. So whether you're sitting at home or you're at the ballpark, there are games that you can play along as you're watching a Twins baseball game, whether that's Twingo presented by Pilot Games, Pick 3 presented by Delta Airlines, um, any number of our games. We have a great uh, Twins trivia product that's presented by Dove. We have a brand new game that's available in ballpark this year called Risk It. That's uh, a game that's based on, on prop bets. Okay. Uh, uh, so kind of starting to lean into the free to play gambling space. Um, but risk it is, is our, is our new, uh, our new baby. That's, that's really, really fun to play. And, and uh, again, sponsored by, by our friends at Dove. Uh, so between those four games, uh, we have easily the most robust uh, gaming strategy in the league right now when it comes to the ballpark. Yeah. yeah I promise that I am going to get into some of these like incubator things, because I know that's something sure. you guys are excited about right now, but you've got my attention with this yeah. uh, risk it. How's that been received so far? You know, it's it's been received really well. I think we've all watched with great interest what's happening with uh, legalized gambling and what's happening in other states. And as that is, you know, kind of approaching our, our home state here. And really, the Minnesota Twins have been in the free-to-play space since 2013. We introduced uh, the league's first uh, essentially free-to-play gambling app uh, with Twins at the 
plate uh, way back in the day. And then with COVID hitting last year, we made that available to all fans. So, uh, you know, fans were, were stuck watching the games from their couch and, and we really wanted to provide an additional level of engagement that you're not going to get not being at the ballpark. So uh, we opened up a lot of these games to be able to be played from home. Chris, I have friends, I hate to admit, who would be getting bored at a baseball game about an hour and a half in, whether that was the third inning or the sixth inning. But when they started doing some of this stuff, they're like just dialed in all the way through the ninth inning. Yeah, it it gives you another reason to pay attention because you've got, you know, you've got rights on the line if we were playing head-to-head right now i mean you can you, you can bet we'd be uh we'd be john back and forth there's also a ton of other fun stuff we've got you know for the kids we've got uh some killer augmented reality uh facial uh filters that are super fun to play with if you've ever wondered what you look like uh you know with a tc head or with the catcher's mask on or eye black there's there's all sorts of fun facial filters that you can play around with in there whether you're a kid or you're like, you know, you and me and a kid at heart. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Chris Isles, our guest right now, talking a little bit of Twins baseball, peeling back the curtain on the organization off of the field. Chris is the Senior Director of Brand Experience and Innovation with the Twins. Uh, We've spent some time talking about apps, but I'd be remiss if we had you on the show today, Chris, and we didn't talk about this Techstars Startup Incubator Program For people who have not yet heard about the Twins' involvement in this space, can you give me the overview? And I know I have some follow-up questions on it as well. Yeah, absolutely. We are really excited here at the Minnesota Twins to have announced a partnership with Techstars last week um, for what we're calling the Minnesota Twins Accelerator by Techstars. Um, This is a three-year deal we're entering into with Techstars that throughout the course of that three-year deal will see us mentor and invest in 30 uh, startups in the tech space. So uh, it's it's a very exciting thing that we have not done. We're only the second team in MLB to have this type of accelerator program. Um, and we're excited to see what types of innovative thinking and products uh, we're able to come up with with the help of these ultimately 30 uh, startups that we'll be working with throughout the course of the next three years. So it's like Shark Tank, but you're a baseball team that's running it. We're the Sharks, yeah, along with our partners at, at Techstars. So uh, applications will open for uh, startups. If you know any of our fans out there have a, a startup or a hot idea that they're really excited about, uh, they're welcome to apply for this program with uh, applications opening in May. We, along with our friends at Techstars, will take a look at all those applications and weed it down to the ideas that we think are going to make a significant impact on Twins baseball, on our fan experience, on the Minnesota Twins brand, on our product on the field. Um, we're, we're really taking a broad approach to what uh, it is those companies could do. Throughout the course of this, we'll be narrowing it down to 10 startups uh, that will participate in the first round of this accelerator uh, in early 2022, well, late 2021, early 2022. So I'm not eligible for this, or I'm, I'm assuming I'm not eligible for this, but Chris, let's just say I come to you and uh, the Minnesota Twins and Techstars with this great idea that's going to I don't know. It's going to revolutionize concessions for fans or something like that. Sounds great to me, Derek. Okay. So I've got your attention. Now hear this. (laughs) I feel like I'm on an episode of Shark Tank right now, actually. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The winners are the finalists. Then what what do they get for that, Chris? The the getting chosen is cool and bragging rights fun, but there's got to be more um, that the, the, the twins and tech stars offer these people. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So this is uh, this is a very serious program and very rigorous program that that these guys will go through that is designed by our partners at Techstars who have a proven track record in helping uh, small businesses and startups accelerate their business. That's what an accelerator is all about. So the 10 companies that we end up choosing uh, in late summer uh, whether they're from here or from elsewhere, they will come to the Twin Cities and then they will undertake a rigorous three-month program uh, in November, December, and January where we will provide mentorship. And we've got some great mentors lined up from the Minnesota Twins organization, uh, from the Polad family companies um, that will mentor these, uh, these startups. And ultimately it will culminate in a pitch day uh, in mid-February where these companies will have come to us with, here's where our company's at. They'll go through this three month program during which we'll provide them some investment. Um, so we will own a, a piece of all these companies and, and we'll provide an investment for them to use. Um, we will provide them mentorship uh, in terms of our, our knowledge and expertise in, in the sports world. Um, and then they'll get a chance to grow over those three months. And it'll be another episode of Shark Tank at the very end where they will say, this is where we've come. This is what we're about as a company now that we've gone through the accelerator. Uh, and, and they will forever be a part of the Twins family. <laughs> That's great. I, I'm looking forward to the, the follow-up episode because that one's always fun too. It, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Chris, where can people find out about that? If they're curious or, or, or know somebody who might be, where can they point them? Yeah, just uh, Google uh, Minnesota Twins Techstars or Minnesota Twins Accelerator by Techstars. Um, there's a great page that our, our friends at Techstars have put together that has information on all of the different mentors that we've identified so far, uh, really what the program is all about, um, and what types of companies we're looking for. If, if, if you have a company and you think you can make a difference in terms of our brand, our play on the field, um, our fan experience, our concessions, as you mentioned. Um, really, it's, it's a very wide, broad net. If you think you can make a difference and you have a company um, that would help the Minnesota Twins, we want to talk to you. That's the voice of Chris Isle, Senior Director of Brand Experience and Innovation with the Minnesota Twins. Thanks for your time, Chris. All right. Thanks, Derek. More baseball after this on Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group more than cars. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Twins Today. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we've had a really fun show of guests today. Former Twins closer Matt Caps, Annie Sabo of Valley Sports North, and Twins Assistant General Manager Jeremy Zoll. Uh, my next guest covers the Twins for the Pioneer Press, and... Uh, we go back to our days at the Minnesota Daily. Betsy Halfand, thank you for joining the show. Yeah, Derek, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's my pleasure, and I'm excited to talk about the twins and kind of the, the road trip weirdness coming up. Um, but I thought it'd be good because I'm sure listeners haven't had a, a, an extended chance to hear about your backstory as a baseball enthusiast one of the only people i know betsy who likes baseball more than i do and so i'd love to get your backstory <laughs> i'm not sure if that's uh that's true but i'm sure it's a, a close to your level of fandom uh <laughs> no i think you're 1a maybe i'm 1b who knows <laughs> uh, i'm not sure a lot of people know this but derek actually hired me for my first job uh in sports writing i was a freshman at the university of minnesota Derek was the sports editor and I was just kind of looking for any uh any possible way in and uh Derek gave me that in so I'm uh 
pretty grateful to, to you for that. Um, well, uh, it was obviously a good call in retrospect, but I can't take <laughs> any credit for that. You took it and ran with it, Betsy, and now at the Pioneer Press. But before that, you were out in Las Vegas. You were covering baseball there too, weren't you? Yeah, so I, I've worked for the Daily uh, for all four years of college. and uh, At the University of Minnesota, we should say. At the University of Minnesota, yep. Um, and when I was there, I... Uh, interned for the Pioneer Press um, as part of like a practicum class through the university. Um, I did a MLB.com internship covering the twins and after that I was done with college kind of looking to see what uh, what came next. Uh, yeah. The Las Vegas Review Journal had an internship open covering minor league baseball. Uh, I was the AAA affiliate of the New York Mets at the time. Uh, so I went there. That turned into a full-time job. I was there for three seasons, uh, three seasons of minor league baseball. And then uh, Mike Berardino left uh, the Pioneer Press yeah. and, and my old editor reached out to me and that's kind of how I got here. That's fantastic. Uh, minor league baseball is a different animal. Um, I never covered it at, you know, fully professionally. Um, what is that like when I assume some days you might be the only print media person covering that particular team? Yeah, I, I mean, it was probably most days. Okay. Oh, almost every day. Uh, we actually covered it in a way that I don't think a lot of uh, a lot of newspapers cover minor league teams. Like we basically treated it like it was a ma like a major league team. I was there every single day. I covered every road game. Um, I wouldn't go to every road game, but I would you know stream them and and call the manager after that. But we we kind of covered it pretty seriously. Um, that was definitely good training for you know this what I'm doing now. Um, Definitely a more laid back, I guess, uh, you know, not that this is not laid back to whatever extent, but definitely sure. more, you know, more la laid back, I would say. Yeah, I mean, still uh, very lucky to have a job working in, in pro baseball and like we're sitting in, well, currently my sort of uh, borrowed office, your reg permanent office, we're at Target Field right now. <laughs> we're watching guys take some infield outfield drills and there's going to be a game coming up here. Uh, so nothing to complain about. What's the what's the situation there where you might be the only uh, media member covering it? What was the the I don't even know how to say it. What's the outfit like? What's the setup for covering the team? Not on the road games which you stream, but at home games when you're you're there and you know that my story is going to be the one that's kind of that's read by the most people. You know, it was it was pretty similar in that you know it was kind of pre-game after BP you could you know talk to the manager talk to players yeah. talk to whoever you wanted kind of report out a feature and then you know after a game talk to a player or two and the manager uh one kind of funny thing is that uh Kevin Morgan who's now uh the Twins major league field coordinator at the time was the Mets uh minor league field coordinator so I had known him a little bit back uh back in Vegas so it's kind of fun to see uh him get promoted and him uh at this level now yeah definitely cool well long time with the Mets organization if I'm yeah. not mistaken um, kind of cool when the web of Major League Baseball sort of comes together and the more years you spend in it the more of those connections there are around the game um, so you mentioned then come to back to the Twin Cities but Twin Cities aren't home for you originally uh, how did you end up in Minnesota at uh, well you mentioned college, so University of Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I'm from uh, the Chicago area originally. Um, I was kind of looking for a bigger school, definitely something in a city. Uh, not going to lie, I was looking for a school that had a baseball team uh, 
you know, in that city <laughs> and, and preferably an American League team. You mean uh, a pro a pro baseball team, not just a college baseball yes, team? Yes, okay. Yes, All right. Just, you know, I, so I you have 15 options, really. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I knew, you know, I knew I, I wanted to be able to, like, you know, go to games, be around baseball. Um, so it's kind of, you know, what led me to the U, and I, you know, no complaints for how that's worked out that's at this awesome. point. That's awesome. Yeah, of course. And now you are in the chair as the main beat writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, you can follow her work. Obviously, in the Pioneer Press, if you're a subscriber or at TwinCities.com, um, or follow her on Twitter. That's at Betsy Hellfand. And I got to say, Betsy, I haven't been in the game for 100 years or anything like that, but there is nothing like 2020 baseball and uh, COVID ball, and now even in 2021. You know, we're sitting in the same studio here, but we've got some airflow going through, and we're both wearing our masks. Not typical. Uh, so as a, as a relatively young journalist, what has it been like sort of following the Twins through this unprecedentedly weird time in Major League Baseball? Yeah, you know, going back to spring training last year, it just everything happened, you know, so fast. My sister was kind of the first one who kind of got COVID on my radar. And sure. Kind of, you know, mentioned that it, it was going to be something serious. Uh and at first I was like, oh, well, okay, we'll monitor this. And then everything just happened, like, bang, bang, bang. And so this is March 2020, and you're down was, in Fort Myers, I assume. I mean, I think she probably late February okay. was when she first started, but not a lot of people were talking about it. Yeah. You know, like, the way March played out, it was just, you know, bang, bang, bang. And, you know, one day I, I remember asking Rocco, like, if he, you know, felt comfortable going to Oakland and Seattle where they were supposed to start their season. And that, you know, at that point, those were like two of the main hotspots in the country. And then the next day it was like, wait a minute, do you even think the season is going to start on time? And then the next day it was like, okay, two weeks. And then a few days after that, it was like, all right, indefinite pause. And so that, you know, that was obviously interesting. Um, The Zoom, you know, everything is over Zoom right now. um, And that took an adjustment, but I, you know, it, it works about as smoothly, I think, you know, as you can you can hope for. Right. And, you know, hopefully some more opening up back up. 10,000 fans at Target Field, thereabout. It's in that ballpark. And I've heard, you know, in, in various interviews and just conversations that the Twins are hopeful that that health of the community um, pending, obviously, they're hopeful to get more people in the ballpark before too much longer, maybe by midsummer, open up Target Field to, to even more people. But I... I can't imagine what it was like being in Fort Myers when that went down and then the covering just a, a season without the normal baseball things, the daily conversations, the, the checking yeah. in with people that you're not necessarily working on a story. All that kind of went out the window the last year and a half. Yeah, it, it definitely did. And it's, it's you know, you feel a lot less connected, obviously, um, because you're not, you know, right there, you know, seeing all this stuff firsthand. Um but, you know, last year was so interesting in these empty ballparks. I, we went, I went on a few road trips, obviously didn't do as much travel as, as normal. But just the feel, you know, the feeling was so, I don't want to say like dead, but like, you know, somewhat like, you know, dead. It was fun to see Nelson Cruz kind of cheer for himself, you know, everywhere they went just yeah. to kind of create some energy. And Sergio Roma was kind of hollering, you know, wherever he was, but. You know, it's just so nice to see fans uh, fans back in stadiums. It, yeah, really echo that. Uh, Sergio Instant Energy Romo uh, <laughs> could have been exactly. called last year. Uh, Betsy Hellfan covers the Twins for the Pioneer Press. She's our guest right now on Twins Today, and we'd be glad to take your calls. If you want to 
A, ask Betsy anything, ask me anything, or just get your thoughts in about the Minnesota Twins and how things are going right now, you can do that at 651-989-9226. That's the number to call to get on Twins today. 651-989-9226. we got to take a break here, but Betsy's kind enough to stick around for another segment, so we're going to talk the 2021 season, where they're at now, and where the Twins are going from here with Betsy Helfand of the Pioneer Press. I'm Derek Wetmore. You're listening to Twins Today here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back, Twins Today. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, joined by St. Paul Pioneer Press, Twins beat writer Betsy Helfand. Uh, Betsy, this season hasn't gotten off to the the planned start for the Minnesota Twins, who had, had high hopes, obviously, coming into the year. Let me ask you just kind of a broad question and see where it goes. What's one thing on the field so far that has surprised you about the 2021 Twins? Um, you know, I, I guess I would say, like, we all saw the 2019 season. Um, yeah. You know, how good offensively this team was. Um, you know, how good these players can be. The 2020 season was, you know, somewhat of an anomaly, and you never know how much of that you should kind of take and buy into or how much of that you can kind of disregard because of how uh you know how weird those those situations were yeah I guess I would say I've been a little bit surprised by some of the offensive performances we've seen um and I you know to that point it's still very early um and we have seen these are you know good players with established track records so it's not not that I think that this will last the whole season but you know, I think some of it is kind of the, the start and stop nature of, of, you know, what this season has looked like for them. Uh, Nelson Cruz mentioned, you know, maybe, you know, with some of these day games not being able to take batting practice as much as, you know, they would they would want to. So, sure. you know, I think they'll pick it up offensively, but I guess so far that would kind of be what sticks out to me. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you because uh, the track record you mentioned, if you said someone was going to kind of – fall off a little bit or something you might pick the 40 year old guy you wouldn't pick him to be uh, up near the top of the slugging percentage leaderboards in the big leagues um and yet Cruz, donaldson buxton i mean they've been awesome offensively um so uh, anyway i'm right there with you I, i've also been curious obviously about how the season just kind of like everything fell apart on the west coast short west coast road yeah. trip um before we came in here, and I should have started the show with this, but uh, Cody Stashak has been recalled to the big league roster. Devin Smeltzer optioned. Um, there might be some more Twins roster shuffling coming up, Betsy, because you were telling me about shortstop Andrelton Simmons's progress. What's the latest that we know on that situation? Yeah, it sounds like he is you know, close to being ready uh, to play. He'll travel to uh, Cleveland with the team, and it seems like that's not something he would do if they didn't expect him you know, to be activated within the next few days. But he's been out on the field a little bit, um, and it sounds like, you know, he, well, obviously he's, he's cleared, you know, covid protocols tested negative um you know whatever he had to do to to clear that um and it sounds like he's uh getting ready to uh return which will help their infield defense immensely oh yeah immeasurably because uh we've seen him when he is healthy just really slick with the glove with the i've been impressed by the arm too um 
Okay, so that's interesting because he's on. He was on the first Twins player on the COVID IL, and then of course there was a bit of a cascade effect after that. So it's almost like that's kind of the first sign of a of a return more to their full roster. Is there anybody else that's close to getting back? Whether it's people that are on that COVID IL or um, or otherwise, any roster stuff that we should be watching out for in the coming week? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it sounds like you know there's still some time for Max Kepler and Kyle Garlic to kind of wait out, you know, the end of, end of their illness and then, you know, test negative and, okay. and get cleared. And then, you know, like they're doing with Simmons, kind of ease them back a little bit. So it sounds like still a little bit of time uh, time for them. We haven't gotten much of an update recently on uh, JT Riddle. He, as far as we know, has never tested negative. Um, but another thing is, like, once Simmons is back, I don't know – necessarily like what his role on the roster uh would be sure uh, I, I suppose it's possible he you know there are a couple guys like sue Lin and, and nick gordon who riddle was obviously called up before them so you know i'm not sure how close he is to getting back um those are the three guys still still remaining on, on the covid list cool we'll keep our eyes on it and we'll follow you on on twitter for the updates too but you mentioned there they'll kind of ease him back into it and Simmons has been working out on the field but the minor league season hasn't started yet because of the impacts of COVID-19 and it'll start in uh was it two two weeks now maybe less than two weeks as I look at the calendar actually uh without the benefit of that season to go send somebody on a rehab assignment what do you do to get somebody ready to jump back into the lineup yeah it sounds like they're playing you know sim games in st paul um almost every day and i'm not sure how how closely those actually replicate games because uh, i'm not sure you know they, they do have i think more guys over there this year than they did have you know last year i heard you know some of those were like a coach would go out in the field and like you know field grounders or whatever while players hit but you know I'm sure they're putting, you know, Simmons through through some, you know, live BP that type of thing. Uh, I'm not sure if he's taken it yet, but um, some of that um, definitely infield. So it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like he'll be he'll be good to go soon. And the Twins have the pitching depth to overcome some uh, injury. I've been kind of impressed by how the second wave of guys have stepped up. But what, from your perspective, after we saw Barrio so dominant on the first week? The first, his first start of the season, excuse me, against the Brewers. Um, what are the expectations for him at kind of the front of the step? I know Kenta Maeda is the opening day starter, and they have high hopes for him too. But from Brio specifically, I wanted to ask you, Betsy, what do you see in his his outlook for 2021? Yeah, I feel like like so. This is you know the beginning of oh god, is this my third season? I feel like what we talk about time, flies, know, huh? time definitely <laughs> flies. Yeah, I feel like what we talk about at the beginning of. Uh, of every season is, is somewhat like, is this going to be the year that Jose Barrios takes that next step? And, you know, at one point I asked Wes Johnson, like, what does that look like for you? Like, what does his next step look like? And he basically said consistency, um, you know, being able to do what he does, you know, throughout the course of the year. And then also, you know, on a day when he you know might not have his best stuff, kind of being able to work through that and still give them, you know, what they're looking for. Um, one thing I'm kind of interested in is, Obviously, last year we didn't see, you know, a, a full season, but the few years before that he's had kind of a tail off in the second half and they had been working, you know, starting in 2019 on some things uh, to kind of keep him fresh throughout the season. So I'm kind of curious to see kind of at the back end of the season how he looks compared to, you know, how he looks at this point. 
Yeah, it's and it's something they've worked on with him. I, I know I've heard pitching coach Wes Johnson talk about that in the past, about that is something we know if we can keep this guy at this level, I mean, he's, he's good enough. Like, he's already a good pitcher. Uh, what, what kinds of things can you even do for that? Yeah, I think, you know, some of it with Jose is – he does a lot of work you know you see those videos of him like pushing around cars and and you know that type of thing and oh, some yeah. of it is kind of easing off of that uh maybe well, me in the too off by season. the way in my off day i'm pushing trucks on the beach <laughs> through some sand yeah that was that was some of the off season stuff but i think there's some i i they we're talking about it like two years ago i think sure. there was some like massage element to it okay. and just some other kind of you know recovery elements to it within you know in between starts to kind of keep him you know fresh throughout that's great that's the voice of betsy hellfan she covers the twins for the pioneer press you can follow her on twitter at betsy hellfan betsy thanks so much for making your debut on twins today it was great having you on yeah thank you so much for having me so do that go follow her on twitter uh she's a great follow and really in the know with the minnesota twins um you can follow her work obviously in the pioneer press or at twincities.com That is going to do it for today's show, Twins Today. We've had two fun hours talking with guests, including Betsy. And uh, I'm just looking forward to next week. See what happens in the week to come before I speak with you again next Sunday, 10 to noon, right here. You've been listening to Twins Today on News Talk, 830-WCCO. You have been listening to Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group, more than cars. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.